So ladies and gentlemen, can you please stand to your feet and give a good Christ Center welcome for Doug Easterday. technical difficulties what we're working on. So can I do one little um, practical thing before we get going? Um, we talked about the patty party tomorrow. I need a raise of hands of who can actually come and help because we're just needing to know how many are coming. So who can help nine o'clock in the morning? It'll take us uh, two hours. So we got one, two, three, four. Very good, thank you. Anybody that can come and help would be, it's lots of fun, it really is fun. We throw things at each other and have all kinds of fun. All right, so we're working on. So, <clears throat> our wonderful pastors have been, have been, um, fixing things for other <laughs> incapable pastors. Our wonderful pastors have been um, taking us through rhythms of discipleship. Now a rhythm is not something that you do once and you're done. A rhythm is something that you get into a practice like you do laundry on Wednesday. You take the kids to ballet on Friday or whatever. It's, it's something that we get into a practice and rhythm. You try to show up to work at the same time. They kind of like that. It's a rhythm. And we would be very uh, falling short if you just got information about these rhythms and didn't do anything with them. They're there be to be applied and to put into practice. Now let's see if we can remember um, what these are. This is a test. Can you remember the first seven? <laughs> okay. First of all, it's for us to get into scripture. How often should we read the scripture? The Bible says daily. It feeds us, it's life to our bones, the Word of God says. So, it's a rhythm. We should also listen to the Lord, be in contact with Him, and it's two ways. We are to be people of prayer. How many believe in prayer? How many know that prayer affects things, changes things? Changes us, amen? It's a rhythm, it's not something we only do when, oh my goodness, it's really bad, I gotta pray. It's something of a lifestyle of participation. Then it's thanksgiving. It's thanks what? It's not thanksgiving unless you give it. It doesn't say thanks thinking, or thanks meditating, or thanks dwelling, it says thanksgiving. And it's something that if you are thankful, you have to give that thankfulness in order to have thanksgiving. Are you thankful for your family? Amen. Have you told them lately? Have you told them lately? Are you thankful for your wife's uh, meal preparations? <laughs> I hesitated there for a minute to try to figure out how to say that. 
Are you thankful for your children's attempt at cleaning their rooms? I did say attempt. Are you thankful that you have a job? Are you thankful for our nation? Are you thankful? Remember, it's not sufficient to think about it. It's not Thanksgiving then, it's just thanks thinking. Thanksgiving. And we also have rest. And God has planned for us a lifestyle that we enter into a rest on a regular basis, otherwise that's how we have all kinds of things happening to us, burnout, physical ailments, etc. Rest is not the absence of activity. Rest is when you have no more enemy to fight, then you're at rest. Israel was at rest when their enemies were defeated. How many, how many know that our enemy is defeated? I didn't hear you. Our enemy is defeated. Our God has defeated the enemy at the cross. And we have no enemy to fight. Now, we, we, there is a fight, yes, but we understand that Jesus did that for us. And rest is also when the things that drain me are no longer present in my life. Then we really have rest. And then we have worship, and we also included along with that the fear of the Lord, where we're to worship and understanding the wonder of who God is and honor him in that way. And then last week, we had uh, fellowship. What is fellowship? Well, at least, it's at least two fellows in the same ship. Come on now. That wasn't that bad. Fellowship. So I want to have you look at this list and just get a little self-evaluation. How am I doing? Am I putting them into the rhythm of my lifestyle, or am I just saying, yeah, they're good, that's right, amen, preach it, brother, or are we really doing something that we are saying, I am applying them to my life as a style? Now today, we have number eight, and that is blessing. Well, what is it? How, we, how do we define blessing? Well, I could give you all the definitions of the Greek and the Hebrew, and you might be interested and you might not. But I boiled it down to basically two different things that I think we can really sink our teeth in and to say, yeah. First of all, <clears throat> excuse me, is to pronounce or make happy. To bless someone you help to make them happy. And secondly, this is actually really my favorite one, is to add strength to another's arm. How many know sometimes holding things up, your responsibility, your arms get tired? Anybody with me? It's like it's just, uh, you know, remember that um, Aaron and her they stood by Moses and they just held up his arms because he couldn't humble, hold them up anymore. And blessing is seeing someone that's just a little bit weakened in somewhere, in some way, and we are adding strength to their arm. And we can do that in so many ways. But I want us to think of how can I add strength to 
another's are. All right, let's get practical with this. In order to be blessed, you need to be a blessing to others. How many want to be blessed? Then that means you have been assigned by God to bless others. See, it's very, very biblical that we are to bless others. The scripture says, give and you shall receive. You wanna receive? You wanna receive? There's a prerequisite, and that is to be giving. Most of you know that my wife is in the memory care facility suffering with Alzheimer's. But my wife is the best giver I've ever met. And her mind is not cognitively functioning where she can think something through, but she still wants to give. I bring her something and like I'll bring her a piece of candy. That doesn't work because I don't have any. Other people don't have any. So she'll start breaking it, giving it. See, God deeply put that in her heart. And she still has that deep yearning to give. I eat with her a couple times a week or so, and I can't even finish my meal first. <laughs> because if my plate's empty and hers is not, she's putting food on my plate. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's so amazing that it's just, that thing is there. And oh, I have learned so much from her. Give and you shall receive. The scriptures says it in this way, that Jesus actually said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Want to be blessed? Then give. Do what? Now, we need to understand that to do that, in order to bless someone, it has to be intentional. It has to be something that we actively choose to participate in it has to go beyond thinking a warm thought or thinking a compassionate thought or thinking, oh, man, that, wow. Well, you might say, well, I pray for them. Good, that's appropriate, then that's right. But see, today we're going to the next level or the next step, if you will, and we're going beyond just the, the thoughtful and even the prayerful contact and reaching out to actually do something to bless them. It has to be intentional. It has to be something that you are doing with an action in your own heart and not just something that you feel compassion or, wow, they're really nice people and they're going struggle or whatever. That's great. But to bless, how can I strengthen someone's arm? All right, now, in order to bless, there's, I'm gonna suggest three ways. Now, this is not an exhaustive list. There's certainly more ways to bless than I am uh, gonna put up here on the screen. But this is a good start, and if you would do this, uh, we're on our way, at least, to blessing. So, there's three ways. First of all, words of encouragement or affirmation, saying something. Secondly, it's acts of kindness. Now may I quickly add 
make sure it's kind to them. <laughs> you know, some people like, well, I'm gonna, my dog's really friendly. I'm gonna go take my dog to their house and they hate dogs. That's not kind to them. So make sure it's kind to them and not just to you. <laughs> Acts of kindness and finally gifts. And I wanna break these down and go over each of them in a little more detail. So words of encouragement. See, it's very biblical that we are to be speaking encouraging things on a regular basis. In fact, the Bible says it's so regular, as long as it's called today, do it. How often is it called today? I mean, every moment of every day, it's today. Would you agree? So it is not just something they, the Scripture hopes us we do. It actually asks us to do this, that we are to encourage one another daily. Now, I want to just... Um, observe with us that if we would take the seven disciplines of the rhythms, uh, rhythms of a disciple, there we go, Doug, and actually put them into practice, now we're going to number eight. If we would actually put them into practice and do them, it would change our church. It would change our community. It would change our world. Are you with me? So these are really applicable things that we can do and actually um, manifest reality of who Jesus is with skin on in a regular and a daily basis. Encourage one another daily. And I think sometimes we don't say something because we don't know what to say. I've ever felt that. I, I, you know, I know, I, I want to I say, but I'm not sure what to say. Then go say that. I don't know what to say, but I want you to know I'm here. I'm not sure how to encourage you, but I just want you to know I'm with you. That is encouraging. I want to say this lovingly, and I hope this is not in any way condemning to anyone. But since my wife has been suffering with this terrible, nasty disease called Alzheimer's. Many people have come and said, oh, I understand, my mother went through that. My mother did too, and actually she died from it. But I want to lovingly say, it's not the same thing. When it's your spouse, it's just a whole lot deeper. And it's okay to say, I don't understand. Because in many times, we don't understand. Are you with me? But words of encouragement, it's okay to say, I really can't identify completely what you're going through, but I want you to know I'm praying. That is encouraging. Because someone's there. I probably have had 100 emails, letters, texts in the last three months at least. And most of them are. So sorry, Doug, what you're going through. And I feel encouraged. Did they give me any great words of wisdom of what to do? No. Did they give me use, use sums of money? No. All they said is, I'm with you. And see, we need to understand that the Bible says, let's do it. Let's encourage one another. 
And encouragement simply means bring courage. Because what's the opposite of courage? Discourage. And so as we choose to reach out in words, we can and do bring encouragement. Now, let's get practical. How do we do this words of encouragement? Some of you have heard this example before, and those that have, it, it does bear repeating because it, it's, a, it's a good thing for us to put into practice. I was on an airplane, and the Lord spoke to me as I was just sitting on the plane, and he said this to me. I want you to change the atmosphere with your attitude rather than letting the atmosphere change your attitude. So first of all, I had to kind of think about that. Change the atmosphere with my attitude rather than letting the, oh my goodness, I have let the atmosphere change my attitude. Anybody else? Oh, that, how many know the atmosphere out there sometimes is not very good atmosphere? It's negative, it's vulgar, it's inappropriate. And the Lord said, change the atmosphere with your attitude, rather than letting that out there change your attitude. Wow. First of all, I thought, is this possible? So I landed, happened to be in Seattle, <coughs> and I was, had a bit of time be, between airplanes. And I, for some reason, just because of schedule that day, I hadn't eaten. So I was walking around an airport. I don't know how many of you have flown very much, but sometimes when you go to airports, you look for which is the least bad place. Least worst, I call it. Anybody ever gone for the least worst? Understand what I mean? Like, none of them look good, but that, is, that looks not as bad as others. So I found the least worst. And so I went up to this food establishment and I stood there and this girl came up to me and she said, just irritated me. Hey, chickadee, if I'm not here, you don't have a job. It doesn't take any effort just to be nice. The Lord says, change the atmosphere. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't feel like it. She was rude. She said, how have you? I said, well, you sure can. You know, I really appreciate you being here. I, I'm so thankful that you're here to help us. Maybe other people like me, I haven't even eaten today and, and you're here. I'm just, I'm so grateful that you come and you're here. She goes, no one's ever said that to me before. I said, well, I'm sorry that we haven't. Thank you. It's, it's, I'm really thankful that you're here. I said, what would you suggest? And she just came alive. Her whole countenance changed. She says, oh, you know, I really like it. And we put this, and she's supposed to be charging me extra for all these things she was doing. Oh, I'm not going to charge you. And she just came alive. And she gave me this incredible sandwich that was actually good. And she began to tell other people 
other people in the booth, and I was there three, four minutes, and when I left, that whole booth was just a buzz. He just went. And I found out. It worked! And the Bible says, every place that your foot will tread, I have given it to you. And every place you go, Jesus is there. And you can change the atmosphere with your attitude rather than letting all that stuff out there control and affect us. I thought, wow. I wonder if it'll work twice. So, a couple days later, I was with my wife, and we were meeting a college uh, classmate of hers that we hadn't, she hadn't probably seen in at least 10 years. And we were rendezvousing at a restaurant. And she had brought her sister along, and we met at the door, and we were just hugging, and because really wonderful people and just loving to see each other. And the hostess was taking us to our table and the waitress had come up and she's trying to get our drink orders and we were not paying attention to her because we were just in the huggy-wuggy time. And she was irritated with us and I noticed. And again, the Lord says, change the atmosphere. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. You're just trying to do your job and we're not being very sensitive to you. I promise we'll do better. So she comes back with her drinks and takes her order. And I says, you know, I mean, in a few minutes, we're gonna pray and thank God for our food. As we're praying, is there anything that we can pray for for you? And she begins to cry. She says, yeah, my mom has cancer. And so we pray. By the time we left, she had rolled a chair up to our table got her grandma picture books out and she was telling us all about her. She was, she was our best friend. And it started, she was irritated with us. My friends, we can change the atmosphere because we have the changer's atmospheres within us and his name is Jesus. Amen. And we can change it. And now I put this into practice in a daily life. People that, that are pumping my gas Change the atmosphere. Bless them. Bless them. You don't have to say, I'm going to give you Jesus, but just be Jesus by saying, bless you, or how's your day, or whatever. You can do it. And it's amazing how little it takes to be a blessing to somebody else, but you have to do it. You just can't think it or that would be nice. You actually have to get into action and do something. Well, we can change the atmosphere. Well, we could also write notes. There's this thing that maybe some of you have heard about called U.S. Postal Service. You take an envelope and you put this thing called a stamp, it costs about $100, uh, and you know, put it in, you know, and they get it in a month. Okay, that was supposed to have been funny. <clears throat> you can write them notes. Send them an email. Send them a text. We at Christ Center, we 
we choose to pray for you as a leadership on a regular basis. And we kind of make sure everybody is cared for and prayed for. And so I have a group that I particularly pray for. And, and when I do, I send them a text. Praying for you today. I don't have any great words of wisdom always. I don't have any, you know, big scripture to give them. I'm just saying, praying for you. How many of you got a text from somebody and then someone just said, I'm praying for you. How many of that be a blessing? It's really not hard. Thinking about you today. Hey, you're on my mind, brother. Just want you to know. I want to be send blessing your way. And we can actually put this very much down into practice. And it can be very, very real. Now, if that goes well, go to the next level. Give them a call. Hey, you know, I didn't mean anything on my mind except I just wanted to call and say, be blessed today. God loves you. You're on my heart. And then you can really get risky and uh, you go visit them. This is, this is progressive here. Actually go see them. But I want to say blessing someone is not hard, but you just got to do it. So, words of encouragement. Secondly, before I go there, I want to give you a little example that happened to me this last week. Most of you have heard about a group that we're a part of called One Hope. We meet together once a month as leaders and pastors, and we pray and encourage, um, and it's just fabulous. Between 75 and 100 leaders get together, and it's just a really building time, and I, I love to go. And this particular, it was, it was last Thursday, and I was just looking forward to going, because man, it was just, uh, I just, you know, I've had some, quite a few things on my plate, and I just, I would really looking forward to someone to pray for me. So, you know, we introduce each other, and we worship, and then, and then you divide up in distant twos, and you share with other, each other's needs, and then you pray for each other. I'm thinking, oh. You know, this year I had to put my wife in a memory care facility and then I had back surgery, my fifth, and I was tired of that. And then my son had his foot amputated 10 days ago and, and I'm thinking, I need, I need some prayer. So this guy comes and, and uh, I share, well, how can I pray for you? And so he shared some needs and, and so I just, I started to pray for him and, and really tried to reach out and bless him. And as soon as I was said amen, he started praying. Now, he had, he had seen me on video and had gone through restoration, and so he knew me, and, and he prayed about two sentences, Lord bless this guy. And then he started praying for the president and our nation and his church and left me out. Well, shoot. I was kind of going to hope I was going to get something here. I mean, I went to... I got some things I need prayer for. But the Bible says, give and you shall receive. And so I chose just to continue. And he shared some more needs. So I prayed for him again. He shared some more needs. I prayed for him again. And then he never, he never asked me about my needs or my family wants. 
later that day, I think I had six or seven people call and pray for me. Are you with me? Did you hear? I gave and then I received. But see, there is a sequence. And God is asking us to reach out first by blessing others. All right, the next one. Acts of kindness. Now remember, make sure it's kind to them, not just kind to you. And acts of kindness is actually doing something that will strengthen their arm. So, just thinking if you're maybe a little down or maybe just having some heaviness, what would be a blessing to you with an act of kindness? What do you think about that? No, I'm not. I'm just going to give a couple ideas. This is way more than this. But let's just get practical. Now, see, the key word here is do, not think or concern, but actually do something. So, maybe you could clean someone's house. How many ladies would that be a blessing? Every lady's hand is up in the room, okay? Are you with me? Did you hear that? That would be a blessing. You know, people with small children that are just, you know, they have a lot of things just facing life. You don't have to have children to need your house clean. You can be single. Are you with me? Clean your house. Well, maybe you could babysit. Hey, I, I noticed you and your husband haven't been out for a while. Why don't you let me take care of your kids? Why don't you go on out? Or maybe you can go and say, hey, you look tired. Why don't I come and watch your kids? Go take a nap. <laughs> Do something in a way that strengthens someone's arm because they kind of have a little hard time maybe holding it up. So you're coming along and strengthening their arm. Maybe you could make a meal. How many sometimes, how many of you have just like, oh, I got, I got to fix something for the family. Ugh. Anybody ever been there? But you got to do something. And someone says, hey, um, I just, I made some lasagna and it's pretty good. How about if I bring you some? How many would be blessed by that? Do something. Maybe you could take them to lunch and pay for it, by the way. <laughs> I want to very lovingly put a little, just a side note in here. I was in the restaurant business before I went in the ministry, and in the restaurant business, we had a thing that we regularly talked about, and that's the church crowd. And restaurant people don't like the church crowd particularly. And here's why. Lousy tippers and demanding. <clears throat> Josh and I were talking earlier this week, and it, the statistics tell us that when you have a good experience, you'll tell five people. 
But if you have a bad experience, you're going to tell 30 people. I want to challenge us that we be the church, Christ Center, in the, in the restaurants in our community. Wow, we love them to come in because, man, they're so nice. Man, they, they're so generous. Are you hearing me? Hello, are you hearing me? Because let's be the church in action. Bless them. Maybe you could mow their lawn. Or maybe you could just say, hey, is there anything that I could do for you? How about, they need their oil change in their car. Maybe you don't know how to do it. Well, there's, there's mechanic shops that will, can do it. Just take it there and pay for it. Well, I really need my carpet shampooed. Well, okay, I can do that. Are, are you hearing me? It's getting out of, well, I really, I really want to love them and putting it in the practical where we are making a rhythm of choosing to be a blessing outwardly. And then lastly, it's gifts. Giving gifts. Well, one obvious gift is just the finances. Now, let me just add real quickly that our first responsibility with our money is to the Lord and to honor Him with the first fruits of our increase. So this is not that. This is over and beyond that. We are assuming that you have obeyed the Lord in the discipline of giving and tithing. But there is a way that you can bless somebody by giving. Joyce's mom, years ago, this is back before communication was very easy and long distance phone call was horrendously expensive and we were stationed in, in Europe and uh, calling back there in 1970 was a dollar a minute. I don't know if you understand what a dollar a minute was in 1970. That's like 5,000 a minute now. I mean, it's like, it's just, ugh. And she'd write us a letter, and she'd put a, a, a dollar bill in the envelope. A dollar. I can't tell you what a blessing that was. I was in the military. I made $119 a month. I was rich. Our rent was 140 There's a problem there. <clears throat> but it was so little. Don't feel like you have to give a lot of money to be a blessing. Buy someone's child an ice cream cone. Do something of a gift. Maybe they would just be so grateful for a food basket. Maybe you're at your house, you look around, kind of see what they like. Maybe some toilet paper. <laughs> That'd be a blessing. Years ago, I was, had left the restaurant businesses and was going to wait on the Lord. I was in a cabin and it was 10 feet by 12 feet. Danny was four months old and we went there to wait on God. And we had no money and no electricity and no water and, and 
no food and someone knocked on her door and handed us a food basket. And if I would have gone shopping, it's what I would have bought. Now that was a blessing. Are you with me? You can be a blessing in little, it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It can be, you have an extra can of whatever, be a blessing. Now be creative. Let the Lord lead you and guide you. You can go beyond this. Like, you know, ask the Lord. Maybe it's like, <laughs> that'd be a blessing to me, chocolate. <laughs> okay, laugh now, end of joke, please. But this is an intentional rhythm of a disciple is to choose to reach out and to be a blessing to his children. Would you please close your eyes? And would you and God just have a little conversation about being a blessing? See, I wanna challenge you that you actually do a blessing to three people this week. One can be in your house. One should be out of your house like maybe a church person. And one, a third one is not a church person. Maybe someone at work. So as I'm mentioning these things, what, what's coming to your mind? What is the Lord prompting you? What ideas are coming? That's the Lord. And I want to challenge you, make a commitment right now between you and Him to actually do it. To actually reach out and be a blessing. Okay, Lord, I'll do that. Maybe you've tucked a $20 bill back in the back of your wallet for, you know, something. And you know the Lord is nudging you to give that to somebody. Whatever it might be, I just challenge you in the name of the Lord that we take this out of, yeah, that's good, and we actually put it into practice in a tangible and real way. Lord, would you just come and Lord, we want to be Jesus with skin on to this community, to other people, to our families, to our church, to our community. And Lord, would you give us Holy Spirit creativity of how to be a blessing and to reach out and to bless in a way that someone knows God has been a blessing through these people this week. I pray in Jesus' name. Prayer servant team, would you come? If you need prayer for anything, they are available. We really want the privilege and the honor to pray and believe with you and stand with you for anything that you would just like encouragement for. And remember, strengthen someone's arm. Build them up, hold them up. Because being a blessing, it means ultimately you will be more blessed. Have a great week.